0: Hello, and the Doctor. Hey, Who fans! Welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name is Adam, and this is episode twenty-six. We do hope you've had a great week. How have you been, buddy?
1: Yeah, I've been really good, mate. Yeah? Really good, yeah. I, you know, I was quite tempted to, to come up with a silly name in that intro, considering what we're reviewing this week. When you said, my name's Gary, I was going to say, my name's Binliner Liner, or <laughs> my name's Fire Escape.
0: My Fire Escape. Ah, so you're going down the Red Kangs. Uh, oh, we... Yeah,
1: Yeah, well, I would, I would be a Yellow Kang, but they're all they're all gone, so.
0: Yeah,
1: wiped <laughs> yeah. out, mate. Wiped out. But yeah, been a good week. Um,
0: how about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Um, it's been an emotional week. Oh, Emotional week, yeah, because um, along with watching Paradise Towers, um, Which is always emotional. (laughs) As a (laughs) pex. Bloody pex. Yeah, so along with watching Paradise Towers, um, I also put on um, an adventure in Space and Time. Oh, right. uh, Which was a mistake, because I ended up just blubbering at the end like a a stupid child.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then there was a certain uh, Doctor Who actor that won a, a big award um and his speech really got to me as well and uh, some of the clips they were going through as well which we'll come on to but uh mm. yes yeah, so it's been a little bit emotional but um it's been a good week so you're all cried out i'm, I'm cried out
1: yeah i must admit actually i mean i'm, I'm a am a big softie um I, I saw uh lala ward at the weekend because i went to this big finish day six which was fantastic and i i reminded her that the last time i met her she made me cry she was like, Aww. what? What did I do? I said, no, I just, I'm just too emotional. Because she did like a cool little video clip for Geeks Handbag. And it was really good. She like, she didn't just sort of say hello. And you know, she put a lot of effort into it. And it really got to me. Aww. So I'm a big softy, mate. I, anything makes me go. And I, I was watching the speech last night. I, I was gone before Tennant even got up. Oh, really? And even watching the clips, I was going, yeah. Aww, so, mate. yeah, I'm not one to talk. But. <laughs> it was emotional, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was yeah um well I' not really been up to anything else really um read some more of my um being um uh, my doctor Who book that I picked up a little while ago um, oh yeah yeah uh, only human um which is quite cool like in the um like in the banter between captain Jack and the doctor in that one and uh yeah it's all right.
1: Is this the one, did this go on to be the, the TV episode with Tennant? the yes. uh, human nature? So I guess it's quite different, the book. I mean, if Captain Jackson,
0: it, then obviously it's different. Yeah, there are, the storyline and, and the plot is basically there, but they've changed quite a bit for the, the episode. But um, the book's not bad. You can tell it's written from a very, uh, it's like a screen, it's written for screen. You can tell that as opposed, no, as opposed to a classic kind of novel-based story. But um but no, it's it's very cool.
1: Yeah, because I, I mean, yeah. I love I love that episode. It's one of, I think it's a, a really good two part of that one. Um, only slightly let down by the end. I don't like the bit where the Doctor's falling over the controls and makes the spaceship blow up. seemed a bit bit of a sort of wrap up ending. But it's a it's a really good story that about the Doctor being, ha- um, you know, having to turn human to hide from an alien race. It's a nice nice idea. Mm. So I haven't got the book. Uh, I wouldn't mind reading it. Yeah, I think yeah. it was reissued, wasn't it? Is that the one you've got? It was like re redone last year or the year before.
0: Yeah, they they. They did a a story, didn't they? They picked one for each doctor. And uh And right. the books are, um, yeah, they're like black and white. That's uh, right. I remember, like, yeah. yeah I remember the series. The yeah, y-
1: yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, they were good. I did get a couple of them, actually. But, um, yeah, I didn't manage to pick that one up. But I will. It's probably come down in price now as well. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, apart from that, not much. I, I'm still buzzing. I mean, I had, a, had an absolutely wicked day at Big Finish 6. Um, oh, yeah. Tell us about it. <clears throat> excuse me. We are in for an absolute treat when we go to day of the doctors, I'll tell you. Um, I'm even more, if it's possible, I'm even more excited oh, cool. than, than I was before. Um, because when you, it's the first time I've been to one of these events. So when we got to the hotel, you're a bit hyped up because you don't know the layout of the hotel. You yeah. don't know the sort of system. And I sat down in the little bar and was like, right, let's look at the program and suss our day out. And it's really well, it's not complicated, but it, it looks it when you first... you know what I mean? You know when you're sort of all flustered and hyped up and you look yeah, at it? Yeah, And it does look incredibly complicated. And, um, but it's going to be good. I mean, it was a great day. I got to meet uh, a lot of the companions. got to meet um, Janet Fielding, who plays <laughs> Tegan. She is just as feisty <laughs> as her character. She's, uh, she, she's a real character herself. I mean, right. gosh, she doesn't take any nonsense at all. Um, she told me she doesn't like my beard. Uh, she was oh. like, I don't get beards. Uh, I was like, oh, right. Um, but it was a good day. Um, who else was there? Matthew Waterhouse was there. He's really nice. Um, I, and you know, Adric gets a lot of stick, and he does. Matthew, he? Matthew wrote that book. I don't know if you've read it, Blue Box Boy, um, which I really like. But he's incredibly honest in it, okay. um, and I think he, yeah, he, he kind of. Um, I think he sort of upset a few people, you know, because he does <laughs> sort of he does sort of tell it how it was. I think. Um, but I've I've always really liked Matthew, and they did a good panel uh, with him, and they do seem to slip back into not picking on him but they I don't know it's, it's its almost as if nothing has ever changed you know you've got sort of um, who played in this I've forgotten her name Sarah Sutton mm-hmm. Sarah Sutton Janet Fielding Matthew Waterhouse all on stage you know like the original TARDIS team from the 5th Doctor era and it's just like I don't know they're just they're just the same you right. know they're still yeah. sort of putting Matthew down and but he does give as good as he gets don't get me wrong um, so yeah it was a really enjoyable day got lots of signatures um, there was loads of people there it was massively crowded um, and yeah we are going to be in for a good time I'll tell you. Day of the Doctors. Yeah, yeah, can't wait for it to come round. That's going to be awesome, isn't it, March? It's going to be brilliant, yeah. I'll tell you, the best bit is when you get home and you just, because I just loved it, I got back. Because the whole day went so quick, and as I say, you're a bit flustered, and you're trying to get all your autographs, and you're trying to get a few of the panel talks in, and you're trying to do it all and it's all going on at the same time so you sort of you know you've got to sort of choose what you're going to get and what you're going to miss out on and stuff and the best bit for me is when you get home sit down cup of tea and you just look at all the stuff you know like i just sat down looked at all the cool autographs i'd got okay. I looked at all the photos that i'd got that's the best part for me you can just relax and think ah oh, you know I did it
0: yeah so i'm really looking forward to it mate can't wait that's going to be cool and they've it added um, they've added they've actually added a message to uh, to the webpage for the convention uh, oh. To say that there's limited tickets remaining, so you need to book now to avoid missing out. Yeah,
1: I'm definitely gonna I'm going to book the doctor tickets actually because it was you can get the tickets on the day, but I think the day of the doctors is going to be busier, and I don't want to risk not meeting the doctors. I mean, I managed to get a photo with McCoy um, at this one, which was really good. Got mm-hmm. a great picture with McCoy. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm thinking I'll probably get some of the doctor's photos or autograph tickets in advance just to be
0: sure don't miss out yeah cool and we'd love to see you guys there as well yeah, so yeah you, i'm really yeah.
1: looking forward to meeting all the fans
0: yeah if you haven't booked a ticket yet just nip over to uh tenseplanetevents.co.uk and uh, you'll see a, a little poster on there day of the doctors 14th of march it's in windsor uh well it's in slough <laughs> um pretty much
1: yeah, it actually, I, I the, the hotel actually doesn't look that different from ta- Paradise Towers. I was going to joke with you about that because it's kind of right on the side of the roundabout. You come off this giant roundabout, there it is, and it's all glass panels and stuff. And I, I'm actually going to refer to it as Paradise Towers for now. Cool. So, Let's do yeah, that. but yeah, looking forward to, to getting to chat to some of the um you know all the all you guys that are going as well i've been sort of seeing a few people talking about it um that are looking forward to you know catching up with us and having a good chat
0: yeah cool. so yeah yeah it's gonna be good get yourself over there it's gonna be good right um that's been our week should we do the news yeah let's land it to the left <laughs> and we're good we're good
1: excellent we're good we're good I was gonna say I wanted you, want you, uh, you to give me a time in the Rani landing but then I remembered you haven't you haven't watched that tree yet uh, not uh, yet but it's a bizarre one. Well, it, it the TARDIS lands in a rainbow Okay. And it's, I, think it's, I think it's the only time it's ever done that. And I believe they say on the commentary that the people who did the effects that week or whatever just didn't know how the TARDIS landed. So they, they did it like that. So, yeah, if ever I say to you, give me a time of the Raleigh landing, that's what I mean. It sort of lands, a rainbow comes down, and the TARDIS just suddenly appears. Okay. Yeah, something for you to look out for when we finally do get round to reviewing it.
0: Hold on a second. The people who are doing the visual effects mm. didn't know how the TARDIS landed.
1: Yeah, I believe I think that's what they say on the on the commentary. It's been a while since I've wow. listened to it because I remember thinking, "What what's going on there? Like, why does it la- you know why does it land in a
0: rainbow?" Yeah, fair dues, fair dues. But I'll have to go back and watch it and, and see. Right, first bit of news, buddy. Mm-hmm. This is quite a cool one. There's been a lot of chatter about this over the last week or so. Yeah, or the last few weeks, and uh, it involves the um, the streaming service Netflix. And there's been so much chatter recently about um, a lot of BBC programs being dropped. Yeah, and obviously, as a part of that, would be Doctor Who, which would include um, all of the new stuff from Eccleston through to I think they do it up to series seven or eight even. And uh, and I, I know that the, the the McGann movies on there as well. Mm. And they did have, they did go through a phase of having all well some of the classic stuff. I'm not sure if that's still on there, but um but yeah anyway there was a lot of talk that the contract wasn't going to be renewed and and it was going to be dropped but netflix have come back um and made a statement to say that it will not be going from netflix
1: oh excellent that's good isn't it i know i remember you when you posted i know you were you were really sort of uh peeved off about it um so yeah but it's good that they've they've obviously i guess there's a lot of um rights to sort of clear and stuff with it because of all the different writers and that so maybe it's just a case of they had to get all that sorted first but yeah it's good news
0: yeah it is cool because there's quite a few evenings where um i watched um some vids on my ipad before i go to sleep and if there's nothing on um quite frequently i'll jump onto netflix and just put an episode of doctor who on so Mm. that would have that would have sucked if there was um if there was if if i couldn't do that so yeah uh, definitely yeah so that's very cool and also it's a way for um it's also quite cool to binge watch Doctor Who on Netflix sometimes mm. because you can just you can put on like the first episode at the at the start of a of a series and there's no this is incredibly lazy I know but there's no getting up to change discs and stuff and it auto <laughs> plays to so the next episode you can just stick it on and just get a pot of tea and away you go
1: yeah so I, I know bad. what you mean yeah and and also it's good for anyone that's sort of um because they're, they're done like you know like you said the whole lot is on there you know if is sort of flicking through and oh there's that doctor everyone keeps talking about what is this then it's there do you know what i mean it's it's good to just have it out there so yeah. that people can access it and then, you know like new people find it and curious people might just click on an episode you know and get into it so yeah it's a good thing
0: yeah and there was um there was big uproar as well um mm. we we who fans we uh we don't take stuff lying down there was um oh, no. there was at least um at least two petitions that i saw which had several thousand people complaining and stuff so yeah we uh, we brought the fight we brought the fight to them good stuff if we don't take it lying down so uh, no way so that's good news no more um, yeah. no more rumors about netflix and uh, dr who disappearing it's going to be i'm not sure how long um it's going to be here for i'm assuming for at least another year these contracts last so
1: oh I would have thought so yeah yeah so that's all at good at least yeah yeah very good what's next dude so, yeah, the next bit of news, this is a curious one, isn't it? Russell T. Davis yeah, in, says he's interested in writing a Doctor Who movie. And this is, um, you know, I find this quite, quite strange considering what he's been saying recently about how he wasn't interested in coming back to Doctor Who and, you know, he's concentrating on other things now. I was, you know, obviously proud of what he did, but it, it was over and done with. So I'm quite surprised to hear him saying this, to be honest.
0: I was, um, I was really, really confused by this one. Hmm. because um i would have thought because his remember when we we spoke was it last episode or the web episode yeah. before we spoke about this where um we found out that every year um uh, the moth asks him to come back and write an episode and he always declines exactly. and then the i think it was the radio times wasn't it they had an interview with him and you know he finally said you know it's not that i've you know i just want to move on i'm, I'm done with doctor who you know, it needs to move on and all that. He was quite, he actually put a bit of a downer on the whole thing for me, really, because he Mm. said there should be no, there should be no anniversary for the 10th, uh, the 10th anniversary. You shouldn't celebrate that because we've just had the 50th. So it doesn't make sense to now do the 10th, um, which I didn't agree with. Yeah. And then he he was saying that he didn't want to come back and write another episode, which was even more confusing to me because, um, you know, as we said, there would be a lot less pressure on him because all he's doing is writing a a single episode. It's not, you know... It it pales in comparison to being showrunner and having to manage all of that stuff. So, But then, yeah, like you say, he's come back now and said that if there was the possibility of a Doctor Who movie, he'd be up for it, which doesn't make sense to me, because if you speak to any writers who have written for movies, it's a big, big job. Mm. You know, a lot of work involved, and there's... You know, I, I would have thought there'd be a lot more a lot more pressure and a lot more work involved in writing a movie script than there would be for um, a half an hour, 45 minute TV show. Yeah. So I, I, it doesn't, I, it doesn't compute with me.
1: No, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. And, uh, and it's sort of, um, not belittles the TV show, but why, why is the movie? Cause he put, he says that he's quoted as saying, yes, please. If you know, if we can get the lawyers got, he's like, he seems to be so up for it in the quote. Yeah, and it's it's so opposite to what he was saying about the TV series, which kind of makes me think. Well, hang on, what's the difference between TV series and a mo- and writing for the movie? You know what, in terms of wanting to do it, I, I just don't understand the sort of thinking behind it. No, you it, know, it's almost like saying, no, the TV show is not good enough for me. I don't want to write that." But oh, if you gave me a movie. You know yes, and um, you know, without putting words in Russell's mouth, and I love Russell T. Davis, don't go wrong, I think he's you know I really do do like Russell, but I don't get his thinking behind it, and it kind of makes me think you know what's wrong with the t v show,
0: why wouldn't you write for it, but you do a movie I, I don't get it at all, yeah, it is weird because he um yeah he does he does actually say, I think it should be in cinemas immediately, imagine queuing up mm. at the cinema to see a doctor who film. And, uh, yeah, he's like, would you write it? He's like, yeah, yes, please. If we can get lawyers and contracts, you know, I would do it because I think there's a big leap to be made. And I kind of, um, yeah, I'm kind of at odds with this, really. Cause, and I completely agree with what you said. I, I, too, really love Russell T. Davis, not just for Doctor Who, but I'm a fan of a lot of the things that he's written. Mm. Um, you know, I think he's he's very good. And it doesn't make sense to me, if, well, for the reasons I've just spoken about, but also because... Um, especially in the last two, possibly three uh, series of Doctor Who, it has been really, really cinematic. And, and really, every every episode looks like a short film to me. Mm. Um, so the production, you know, the, the, the way in which Doctor Who looks and its production values and stuff, they are like very small films in themselves. So, you know, surely that should be enough to entice him back to write You know, a a really decent single, you know, single episode for it. Yeah, and also Doctor Who is already in the cinemas. You know, we had the fiftieth deep breath, deep breath. You know, so Doctor Who is not Mm. like it's never been in a cinema. It's just not been a feature length written movie. But does it need to be that? I'm not sure how I'd feel about having another Doctor Who movie at the moment because you always run into you always run into continuity problems when you mm. do like a, a movie because it's so hard. It's like a fixed, it's almost like a, a timey-wimey thing, isn't it? Isn't it? It's like yeah. a, a fixed moment in time. And it's very hard to reference that because people start arguing about what's canon and what's not canon. And it's just, it gets a bit messy. So I'm not sure about this, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure why he said that what, based on what he said last week. And also, to
1: me, the, the, the timing doesn't feel right for the for a Doctor Who movie at the minute, to me. Like you said, because they've, we've already had episodes in the cinema and because the show's still on air and we've got Capaldi, and like you said, if you do a movie, how's that going to fit in with it? It doesn't quite feel the right time for a Doctor Who movie either, t- for, to me. Yeah. And weird. also, if you out of Russell T. Davis and Stephen Moffat, who do you think would write the better
0: full movie for a cinema? Um... Well, it, <laughs> off, my heart says Russell T Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure. If Stephen Moffat wasn't showrunner at the time, then possibly the Moff, because, you know, like we all know, a, a lot of the, the episodes that he wrote for Doctor Who previous to him being showrunner have been some of the best. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. At the moment, it's Russell T Davis because he's wrote some of the best episodes in, in the newer Doctor Who for me. Some of my favourite episodes have been written by him, but um, mm. I don't know. If if I'm being totally honest, I wouldn't want either of them to write it. If I'm being totally honest. Yeah. I'd want somebody um completely different to do it.
1: Yeah, I think I think I'm the same. And it sort of maybe have their input or or um at least the current showrunners' input to sort of try and keep it. Like you said, those continuity going and so it does Sort of um, appeal to a new audience, but also fits in with the TV show if they were to do it. So yeah, yeah. yeah maybe have uh, the moth as a what do they call it as um, guidance on it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, just a producer yeah. really.
0: Producer. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, that would work. Yeah,
0: creative director. or oh, I don't know.
1: Creative moth. Yeah, creative <laughs> the creative <moff, yeah>.
0: moth. <laughs> so anyway, Russell T Davis is not down for writing any more Who for TV, but if there was a movie, he'd be up for it. So take that how you will. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, on some better, some better news. Mm. This was a happy... Well, this was... um. We had the National Television Awards, didn't we?
1: Yes. Uh, I, I didn't realise... that I, I missed the beginning, actually. I didn't realise he was the wrong last night. Um, so I missed about the first 20 minutes. But yeah. thankfully, I didn't miss anything because I switched on. And... Oh, I was getting really bored and I was I was so close to turning off just before this fantastic moment that we're about to talk about I can't literally we're about to switch off yeah um and I'm so glad I did it because
0: Mr. Tennant yeah hello Mr. Tennant winning your uh your um con- your special contribution award where did that come from
1: I don't know I, I I was almost as surprised as him and it was a brilliant moment wasn't it I mean his face was just you could tell he had no idea you know it was a really really great move yeah um, and I was so pleased for him and the clips they showed you know on the screen um were just really great I thought you know Billy was there uh, Russell was there obviously yeah, his dad um the proclaimers sort of introduced it didn't they because uh, you know that was a sort of nice little hint of what was coming up so it was a really great Great moment. I was chuffed for him. And he's he's so the man, isn't he? I mean, when he got there and he straight away made a joke, you know, and he's so on the ball and he just comes across as such
0: a brilliant person. Um, Yeah, truly deserved, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. He was, um, yeah, that's what I said earlier. I was was choking up a little bit, you know, Mm. Um, because he's... It's absolutely true what they were saying. It it, it was with these award ceremonies, it does get a little bit like, um, because Catherine Tate made a joke about it. She was like, is this the bit where I'm supposed to say how great he is? And (laughs) it can be a bit like that sometimes where you have clips of people saying that, you know, how great they think somebody is. And then somebody else says in different words how great somebody is. And, you know, but the thing that I found with is that the things that they were saying about David Tennant was bang on. You know, Absolutely. Everything yeah. that he's done, and when you—it's not just like his performances on screen, which are fantastic—but um, when you actually see him during interviews or he's signing autographs for people, he's never ever—he's never grumpy and and feels like you know he, he's doing things because he has to do them. Mm. Not once have you ever heard people say things like "I queued up for an inter- for a, an autograph and David Tennant just." you know grumpily breeze past us and, and didn't want to know yeah he's never true. like that i remember seeing a couple, couple of youtube videos um last year where um he was he was um uh, playing king um king was it king richard in a shakespeare play yeah uh, I think last so, yeah. year and um yeah there were people who were queuing up outside the stage door at the end of the show and the majority of them were doctor who fans now obviously, he's not there for Doctor Who. That's, that's not part of why he was there. It was something completely cool. different. However, he did mingle outside with the fans afterwards and took photos with them and signed autographs. And there were people there with, like, TARDIS T-shirts on and, and you know, yeah. fourth Doctor Scarves and everything. And he was completely cool with it. You know, he, yeah. he was absolutely fine. And I don't think you would get that from a lot of actors who have been involved in the show. Oh, no, Um,
1: definitely not. I mean, I've experienced it myself and, you know, it's you're absolutely right. It makes such a difference when somebody is that, you know, generous and seems to just embrace it rather than sort of try and go against it. Like you said, you know, if they're in the theatre, they want people to come see the show for the show. You know, he just, like you said, I mean, I remember seeing, I've seen a couple of videos and photos of we're in the, the Metro and the Standard of, you know, the massive queues that are waiting for him outside, you know. And he just goes with it. He or he seems to anyway. Just yeah. seems to go with it, and like I say, embrace it. And, and that's you know that's a great thing um, to to do. It and is, he, and yeah. he is an incredible actor. You know, sometimes these awards, you sort of think, yeah, you know, it's great. But it's I I truly think it's deserved. He is when they showed the clips of all the different things he's done, some of which I'd forgotten. I was thinking, oh yeah, I forgot. You know, he did that Casanova? That was great. Um, he's you know he is a really fine actor. So I think he, it's a it's a
0: well deserved award. Indeed, yeah. So that's um. The, uh, the Special Recognition Award for uh, Mr. Tennant. And one thing that, um, uh, just a couple of things I want to finish up on his story. The first one was, I totally agree with what Catherine Tate said, that um, when somebody, because they had a very small segment about Doctor Who, obviously. And um, she said that when David was, um, was playing the part, um, it very much felt like he was kind of custodian of that whole thing. You know, he was very much mm. an ambassador for the show. And that is completely true isn't it? You know, while oh, yeah. while he was working on the on the on the show, he was completely into it 100% and gave his life to it and then when he passed it over, he did that to Matt Smith in such a way that you still feel even now that he's, you know, part of the show almost. It's it's kind of weird to say that, but it still feels like he's very much in the zone of of because everything that he does there's always a reference to Doctor Who, isn't there?
1: Yeah, definitely. No. Yeah, there oh.
0: was um there was a video that was online um uh, a couple of weeks ago he was on a, he was co-hosting a radio show and um there was like a joking bit where they were playing the opening music to Broadchurch mm. uh, which is brilliant by the way and he was made up his own lyrics to it oh yeah did you see that yeah, yeah. brilliant yeah. And so ev- good. yeah even in that he spoke about Doctor Who yeah you know so and he doesn't that's what I'm saying he really doesn't mind and I love that about David that's probably the one thing that I love about him more than anything else is that even now that he's left the show behind he still very much carries the torch almost for it. You know, oh, absolutely. doesn't it.
1: Like. I think he's really proud to be be a part of it, isn't he? You know, yeah. he, you know well, he's, uh, he was a fan of the show, wasn't he, before? So it's just, yeah, you know, I think he just just loves loves it, yeah. which is great.
0: Yeah. And uh, just lastly, I really enjoyed the uh, reaction videos from the Who Addicts guys. Did you see those?
1: Oh, I haven't watched it yet. No, I saw it I, I, I go up this morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it yet.
0: Oh, those guys, they were um <laughs> I was just I was cracking up so much because they were um, they're they're on the couch and they got the TV on, and um, you can see the, the tension building up because they're they're getting onto the bit where they're announcing the uh, the best drama, which Doctor Who was nominated for, and uh, they had their fingers crossed and they were rocking and stuff. And as we now know, um, if you haven't seen it yet, you'll probably know already that Doctor Who unfortunately didn't win. Um, that award went to Downton Abbey, but. They went ballistic. <laughs> I'm gonna watch, as soon as we finish finish recording this. I'm gonna go straight on YouTube
1: and watch it. because yeah. uh, I, I love the Who Addicts guys, as you know. So yeah, I can I can just imagine their reaction as well. Yeah,
0: so glad they filmed it. It was really yeah, it was a great video, guys. It was <laughs> so funny, and I, I've watched it a few times because yeah, if you haven't yeah, just do a search on YouTube for Who Addicts Who Addicts reviews, and um, it's their latest videos. They're really funny, good cool. stuff, guys. Yeah,
1: and we need to cheer it up after the you know it didn't the fact it didn't win. I mean,
0: beats by downtown abbey. Come on. It was that's ridiculous to me because and me. They haven't well, it hasn't really been that popular in the last what year? Year and a half? No, exactly. You know, and just out of nowhere it wins it wins best drama and if you look at the uh the viewing figures as well. Um it, when Doctor Who was going out every week, and then you look at the viewing figures it was always doctor who was always just above Downton abbey so there was more people you know into into who and uh it's strange really strange yeah. how that's won it so
1: i reckon that that maggie smith has been getting
0: all her uh, actor mates to be to phone up and vote, obviously well, of course yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i must not i'm not really a fan of Downton abbey i'll be honest it's i find it quite boring so
1: i've i've never i'm gonna say actually i've i've only ever watched about one episode i don't think i made it all the way through that um so I, I always i don't like to slag off a show i haven't seen because i haven't seen it but yeah it's never it's never grabbed my interest at all yeah yeah anyway yeah, but, but anyway yeah
0: we didn't win that but
1: good on but you. who was there who was there to if we had a one who was there to to collect the award because I, as i say, i missed the beginning of the show was there was there anyone from who there
0: that we know um
1: did they show I can't anyone? remember. There wasn't
0: anyone. Capaldi certainly wasn't there. Jenna Coleman no. wasn't there. Um
1: Which it slightly annoys me because it kind of makes me think that they're not bothered and it's kind of um, oh, we're not gonna win, so on. you know, it's sort of a disinterest almost, you know, because it's a bit like that time that they we did win the awards and they sent up those sort of people from behind the scenes and they said, Oh, we if we'd have known we were gonna win, we would have got somebody better. And I was thinking, well, come on, guys, you know, root for the root for the programme. Don't you know don't give up before you've even got there so yeah, yeah i'm a little bit disappointed that there wasn't anyone holding the representing the show if you like
0: yeah so i think that is going to wrap up with the news buddy indeed now mm-hmm. are you are you what color are you dude
1: oh, um i'm i'm definitely red kang
0: you're red kang oh yeah uh i think i might red join kang, you on that red one.
1: kang red kang's the best
0: yeah i might join you on that one dude
1: no you're a blue kang uh, blue Get kang out. Get out. Sure. <laughs> Ice hot. <laughs> What's the other one? Build high for happiness.
0: Build high for happiness indeed. With some weird hand gestures. <laughs>
1: yeah. So if you haven't guessed from all these ridiculous quotes, we are reviewing this week the seventh Doctor episode I nearly said time in the Ronnie. Paradise Towers. Doctor! Am I not ready for it? Oh
0: pecks. Move back quickly! But Doctor, <laughs> he'll make you unalive! There's only one way this might work, and for that I need to be on my own. <laughs> Well, 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 Cragnon, how nice of you to drop in. I am so glad I wanted to have a few words with you about the shoddy design of this building. I mean, take this door, for instance. Look at it.
1: There was nothing wrong with it when I built it, unless humanoid creatures have
0: damaged it. Well, speaking as an expert, I'm prepared to tell the universe you can design a simple doorknob. Hey, look! Explosive stuff.
1: Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the second second McCoy story you've watched? You, the only two you've watched are Remembrance and this one. Is that
0: right? Um, yes, you are correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: So was it ice hot or are you going to take it to the cleaners? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm loving <laughs> all these We've been saving that me. one up. <laughs> um, I will reveal more as we go through. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, go straight in because I think my opinion might change slightly as we're uh, as we're talking about it. But um, okay. Um, I'm on the fence right now. Right. I'll be honest with you, buddy. Um, but I know that you quite like this one.
1: Well, I. It's a sort of. I, I have a sort of nostalgic fondness for the McCoy era, especially. Well, I, I like the latest series that he did, but. But the first sort of McCoy season series, sorry, is um, you know it, it's full of stories that divide opinion massively, um, and I, I really particularly like the first sort of three. So I, I do like it, um, but it's not it's not one of my favourites. Um, I mean, I, I love Time and the Rani, which is generally hated. Um, I like Delta and the Banner Men, the following story. Um, this one kind of sits in the middle of those two, so I, I do I do like it. But I also, I was re-watching it yesterday, and it's different when you're viewing it through a sort of critical eye, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I found myself really cringing um, at at certain bits. Um, Whereas, you know, when you're sort of watching something, I just sit and enjoy it. And it is an episode that I enjoy, but I also, watching it from a critical point of view yesterday, found a lot of fault with it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of bits in it that, that just really made me cringe. But I do I do like it. I, lo- I, lo- I really like the concept of it. I, lo- I love the actual... I love the world that we enter with these characters. Uh, that's what I like about it. And, I, you know, this idea of a run-down tower block and it all being so confined in, in there. Um, I do like the actual idea and the story itself. Right. But I think watching it again yesterday, um, I think it is very much let down by... Um, the sort of execution of it, um, some of the performances—it's very pantomime, um, you know. And in the, in the performance, like the Kangs, now it's almost like watching a sort of West End theatre play at, at times, especially the first episode. Um, but I, I do, I do like it. I, I do think there's it's a very good story at the heart of this. But I, I think, yeah, perhaps, perhaps the execution of it is not is not great.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you, mate. I was. Um because I, I did start to watch this when I first got the DVD months ago now. Um, I think I got through the first um, the first episode and halfway through the second. Uh, and I can't remember now why I stopped watching it. It wasn't because I didn't like it at the time. It was... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember why. But yeah, so I watched this um, at the weekend, just gone. And I rewatched most of it yesterday. And um, I had the same feeling both times that I watched it. And that was... Um, exactly what you said, I, I really like the idea, the plot and the, the concept and, you know, this whole story about this rundown uh, sort of isolated tower block where, you know, there's some kind of creepy, dark stuff going on. Mm. I really like that idea. And um, the, 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 thing, the thing that kind of lets it down for me is what you said, which is it's very, it's very pantomimey, uh, yeah. very panto um and i i was well, the same as you probably a bit more i was cringing probably throughout most of the story mm. um at things like uh the sets the costumes a lot of the acting um just yeah a, lo- a lot of it just made me think like oh, what am i what am i doing why why am i sitting here watching this again you know, yeah, sort of halfway through the second viewing, I was thinking, why am I sitting here watching this again? You know, it's um, yeah, it's uh, it's weird because it's kind of like an internal, an internal struggle with me because I really like the story, and uh, and I really like certain elements of it, but then, you know, a lot of production values just killed it, and uh, mm. yeah, and I, you're going to hate me for saying this, I know you are, I, I can see your reaction already, <laughs> but um. <sighs> I'm just I can't get into McCoy. Really. I just can't get into maybe because I haven't seen enough of his stuff yet. Um mm. but yeah, it's I just can't get into it, mate. And you know, and I I love you and you're going to hate me for saying that, but I just can't get into it.
1: No, no, it's fair enough. I mean, I think it's funny because I watching it again yesterday, I can't work out if the actors are taking it seriously or not, <laughs> because they seem to be having fun, and there's some nice performances in there, but there's all, but some of them are just so over the top. Um, I mean, I I like uh, you know the guy who plays like the deputy chief caretaker, um, Clive Merrison, I think his name is. Yes, yeah. You know, like the second in command. Yeah, I, I quite like his performance, but watching it again yesterday, I can't work out if he's sort of taking it seriously or not do you know what I mean there's like certain scenes where he's got some nice dialogue and there is a lot of humor in this episode as well some of it which just falls as flat as a pancake um I'm thinking particularly the bit in the lift uh where Mel and Pex get stuck and she goes oh well as long as we don't get stuck between floors they get stuck well as long as the lights don't go out and then the lights go oh I was really groaning I was thinking oh I, I would sort of imagine watching it with you thinking oh god you'll be you know really groaning at this because it's um it's one of those episodes i think i uh, you know when you like something and uh, and then you sit and watch it with someone yeah and you see it through totally different eyes mm-hmm. yeah i think the mccoy era for, era for me is like that you know right. I, I can quite happily sit here and watch it and, and it you know just sort of overlook anything that's not great but if I'm watching it with someone, you sort of notice all the bad things, and I was noticing a lot of bad things yesterday.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. Do, do you think the cast are taking it seriously? Because I honestly don't know. It seems like yeah. some of them were just sort of,
0: yeah, I was camping
1: say, it up a bit. I, I don't know, just going way over the top. There's a scene that that caretaker just talked about, the deputy chief. There's a bit where he sort of um goes. It'd be in the rule book, wouldn't it? Hmm? Like no. that or something like that. And it's so over the top. And I and I quite like it, but I'm thinking he's just yeah, he's just yeah. taking the mickey, really. He's not really, you know, this is sort of, you know, is it, going down the sort of path where it's gone beyond realism. You're not sort of, you know, you're not believing in the story mm-hmm. when people are sort of acting like that. And I, I don't know. It's a bit of a mixture of, of sort of comedy. And then there's some very dark elements to it, isn't there? I mean, very much. Yeah, you know, it's like the two old grannies, Tilda um, mm. and Tabby. I love the characters because they're really silly and they sort of remind me of something you might get in a Douglas Adams script or something. You know, it's a really nice little scene, and then suddenly they're getting this horrible old silver knife out, and <laughs> when they capture Mel and and fork sticks and stuff, and it suddenly turns very dark. You know, when they've got that netting over a face and mm-hmm. stuff, and
0: yeah, it does turn uh, dark.
1: It, it gets erratic though, doesn't it? Because it sort of goes from really silly to something you just can't take seriously at all to something that's suddenly quite nasty. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they got the balance right. You know, I don't know if it's the direction or
0: performance or what. Yeah, no, I was, um, yeah, just sticking with the um, with the supporting cast for a moment. Mm. I thought that Richard Bryers was okay. Um, I actually really preferred him as the as the great architect rather than the, the caretaker.
1: Oh gosh, well that's that's interesting because I'm completely the opposite to that. Are you okay? Yeah, I, I like I I'm really like Richard Bryars as an mm-hmm. actor. I always have done, um, and I I like him as the as the chief caretaker. But as soon as he turns into Croagnon, oh, I just groan. Uh, I just think he's way over the top, and the voice and everything just is awful. I'm I'm, I'm really surprised that you're you're the opposite.
0: Yeah, that's weird because um yeah because I thought when he. Uh when he, It was like he was possessed, wasn't he, towards the end, the last 20 mm. minutes. And um, I, I just thought that was, that was okay because <laughs> there was, well, if you think about it, there's no, there's no rule book on how somebody who's possessed should play that part. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's not, you can't base it on anything factual. So I think he's just having a bit of fun with it. But when he's actually just, you know, the normal, you know, chief caretaker. He's got this really annoying kind of voice. Yeah. That, he, that he puts on throughout the entire episode and yeah i that just that just annoyed annoyed the crap out of me when he was talking like that like, yeah you know so yeah
1: because he is kind of playing for laughs isn't he bryos which i mean he is a, i suppose known as a comedy actor but he's a
0: very good actor that's the thing and he is playing it for laughs in this episode i feel yeah he is a little bit and i i, I completely agree with you about the rest of the cast i'm not sure that they were taking this seriously. No, and, and I've got to destroy one person, oh. which is Howard oh, Cook I know as who is.
1: Yeah, yeah, Howard Cook.
0: What the bloody hell was he doing <laughs> in there?
1: Oh, I know. It's really he's yeah he's he's bad. It's a terrible. Oh, oh my god! It's like they just yeah.
0: they found somebody in the car park and <laughs> said, uh, "So we've got this part that we've written in at the last second because we want to just ruin this story a little bit more." Do you fancy just jumping around and acting like a twit for a while? And this guy's like, "Yeah, right. 20 quid, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, I
1: think, I think the scenes featuring him are the worst. I mean, that, that, that bit where he pulls a light off the wall yeah. and then bends it, I was just thinking, oh. And again, it's not something I've really noticed when I've watched them, you because you just don't. And then I'm sort of watching it and making notes yesterday, thinking, oh, the, you know, that this is bad. And then he bursts through the door and he's got that line. I mean, I know he's supposed to be... Uh, you know, a wet lettuce. Yeah. But he really does just, yeah, just all the scenes of him
0: in, just, um, you just groan, don't you? They're really, really cringeworthy. Yeah. And what was the deal with the accent? Was he, because he started out putting on quite a a forced American accent to begin with. And then by the end, he'd probably just got bored with that and wasn't, am I I listening to that correctly? He was quite American to begin with, but then that faded throughout the story. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, yeah. I I can't understand his his purpose. They could have quite easily done the whole thing without him. You know, even the ending, they could have just had one of the Kangs jump in and do that. So, yeah, I'm not sure his purpose, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm. I'm guessing it didn't tug at your heartstrings then when he he got blown to pieces at no, the end. I was cracking up. Like, I was
0: like, <laughs> yeah, that that didn't pull on the old heartstrings at all. Not no, at all. I, couldn't, no. I
1: can imagine. Actually, I find that I find the fight scene at the end as well quite <laughs> quite badly directed. Um, yeah. do you know, the clip you've just played, the yeah. coins being bumped into the wall. It, I, I know the thing is though. I mean, I know they were very sort of pushed for. Time and production and everything back when these when these stories were made, and and there are times and when it really shows. And this this is one of those episodes where it really shows, particularly that end scene. You you just get the feeling that you know they had one take or something, and they they had to use it because it just looks so badly done. You know, like the, the the whole thing of McCoy being pushed around and the caretaker going back and blowing up, and yeah. they probably had like one explosion to let off or something. Got to <laughs> get it right. You know, it just feels like that. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. I think that's maybe maybe that's one of the things that um that that, that puts me off the the McCoy era so far. Mm. I'm not going to write off the entire era that he's been in because I'm um, I've got a few DVDs downstairs which um I've been assured are, are, are pretty good. Um but I think the the thing that does it for me really is that there's always been this certain charm about the classic Doctor Who where it's kind of like a running joke about things like wobbly sets and things not working. But the thing that I find with it is that if you go back to like the the Pertwee, anything from like Hartnell through to Davison and that kind of era, when you do see things like dodgy looking costumes or wobbly sets or doors that don't quite close properly and things like that, it has a certain charm about it, mm. which I can't really explain. It just has something about it, which is which is just cool. But for some reason, this time frame and when TV was was really kind of moving along, kind of technological-wise and and that kind of thing, for some reason it doesn't it f- doesn't feel right with the McCoy era. It feels like things should be taken care of at this point in time. You know that the stage in which TV production was at that time. Because um, what are we talking about here? This is like late eighties, isn't it? This is eighty six, eighty seven. Uh, eighty seven. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so at this point in time, TV was had moved along quite a bit since you know, watching a a door open and not quite closing right, and and all that kind of stuff, and just really badly built props and stuff like this. And Doctor Who, this particular era with with McCoy, suffers really badly with it, Mm. and it's something that I just can't move forward from when you uh, in this particular story. And I saw your screenshot when you sent it to me on Twitter yesterday because you were watching it, weren't you? There was that bit where um, the the chief caretakers down in the basement and It's just like (laughs) it's like a little shop of horrors, isn't it? It's two. It's like two light bulbs, isn't it? It's like two like strip lights made in that. I assume they're meant to look like eyes yeah are they and um you know it's just it's gone to me anyway it had gone from a point where doctor who had this certain charm about it and through through no fault of its own because they didn't have enough money and time and i totally get that i totally understand but it just comes across as very much blue petery if you know what i mean
1: I do know what you mean yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny I mean you mentioned that the, the you know the, cre- the thing in the basement the, these two sh- sort of lighting strips and smoke and that. I mean I, I as I say I've got a sort of I think the thing I like about it is because it is there is a nostalgic so- side to it um, you know well, I remember watching this as a kid and I and I really quite enjoyed it I think that's that's why I enjoy it now it takes me back um, but even back then I can remember <laughs> the first time I saw those eyes and my heart sinking. I don't know how old I would have been actually, but I just remember sort of thinking, Oh, that's that's dreadful. Oh, really? like that Yeah, I do. Even <laughs> even back then I remember thinking, Oh gosh, that's it seems lazy. It's like it's just yeah, like a sort of bug eyed yeah. monster, but really like, you know, look, they could have done something better than that. Yeah. In fact, if anything, it would have been better to have shown nothing and just had the voice. Yes, you know, it just yeah. had something in the basement, didn't but the fact that we've got these sort of two terrible eyes but yeah even back when i first watched it i remember thinking oh that's bad but i liked i liked the keenness as a cleaners as a kid the you know the robots but looking at them now i mean they couldn't hurt anyone could they? they're they the most cumbersome killing machine yeah. you could possibly get i mean yeah. you, the fact they move so slowly their arm can just about raise up with this this saw i mean they they are a bit of a joke but i yeah. like the sort of design of them i imagine if they were done now They'd probably be quite good, but yeah, but they, yeah, they don't exactly, you know. Like, I mean, McCoy almost has to hold the hand to his neck, doesn't he, when he's getting strangled by <laughs> well, it? Oh, he does,
0: yeah, he does, he hold does it. Yeah, yeah, he
1: does hold it, yeah, and it's so obvious. And you know, I think a lot of it's down, I think a lot of it's sort of down to the direction as well. I mean, you know, like I said, you, if you hadn't shown anything in
0: the basement, you could have got away with it, it could have been much more creepy and stuff. And yeah, it would know. have been, it would have been better to have, um, just, just the voice, or maybe, because, mm. um, remember the, um, the uh tom baker uh episode uh brain of morbius oh great episode yeah yeah you didn't see what you didn't actually see the the brain did you for, for no. a while all you saw was like a green light and this voice and it was a lot more creepy uh, a lot creepier and uh it was a lot more suspenseful to do it that way and they should have just did they should have just taken that approach really just have this kind of uh this almost like a great intelligence kind of thing really um, it's
1: funny you say about the Blue Peter thing as well because it's sometimes hard to sort of track how we go f- you know if you think back to a great episode like Brain of Morbius and then you watch Paradise Towers you sort of think well how have we gone from that to this hmm. you know yeah. you know, it's difficult to sort of compute that they're sort of the same you know story and I guess a lot of it is just because you know naturally as a show goes on and I mean this is some you know quite, quite some time later yeah. you know and the budget and everything but but yeah you know you still sort of think like you said there are certain ways of filming things and shooting things that you can even if you haven't got a budget you can make use of yeah. um, and you'd yeah. have thought by now they, they would have learned that a bit
0: better yeah yeah so yeah. maybe it's timing I don't know yeah, I think the direction as well and, and stuff like that because there's only there's only so many times you can watch people legging it down a corridor yeah you know because I found that in because this is made up of four parts isn't it and I yeah. found that in each part there was at least a third of every episode dedicated to just people running around corridors, either shouting after somebody or trying to uh, run away from these really fast cleaners.
1: Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know,
0: so, um, yeah. What did I, you think of the music in it? Uh, I thought music was okay, actually.
1: Yeah, because yeah. I, I quite like it. I was, I was watching um, uh, one of the extras, actually, afterwards. that's talking about this alternative score. Okay. Um, you can watch it with, like, uh, apparently this guy was commissioned to do a score and then they didn't use it they changed it at the last minute um and it's um it reminds me of the old doctor who music it actually adds quite a sort of sinister edge to the scenes that are good okay um, but but right. i do I, I i don't know there's something about the 80s buchoy music that i, I kind of like um, it's very much of its time i mean it's got that orchestra hit sound that's just way overused you yeah, know every yeah. two seconds but i yeah i think it kind of works quite well and one of the scenes i like Although it's a ridiculous scene. I mean it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but I but I kind of like it because I like the way it's done. It's when McCoy escapes by reading out the rule book and gets them to stand up and oh, find yeah. their go- I mean it's such yeah. a, as if they would do that. But but there's something it's something charming about that scene and the mu- and it's it goes on for ages. Like it's very unusual to get such a long scene with this nice bit of music in the background, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a it's nicely performed. Yeah. Even though it's so stupid. I, I just really like that little scene, but I like the music in the background as well. I think it's really—it just all works really
0: well. It's Quite cool. I did—I didn't mind the yeah. music actually. It's got like a um, kind of eighties uh, like electronic drum kind yeah. of synth down to it. It's Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's um, let's let's talk about McCoy quickly. Yes. Yes. Um, so you you're a fan of McCoy. Let, let's uh, agree on that.
1: Yes, I like I like McCoy. Yeah. I like McCoy's doctor.
0: Yeah. I um I, I think I need to watch um a bit more of the McCoy stuff, mate. Right? Because uh, right now I'm really struggling to like him. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like McCoy as an actor and stuff. I think he's great, but as the Doctor, I'm really struggling to uh to, to get into his his mojo. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why. I just um sometimes I can't understand what he's saying. Mm. Um, he's he talks very fast sometimes and he does this thing which he does every single time any time that there's the letter R he rolls it in his script he just rolls the crap out of it mm. you know and you know I can see why people would like that you know I can see the appeal you know it's a bit zany it's a little bit different I can I totally get that but um, it kind of grates on me after I've heard it like 56 times yeah. In uh in, in, in twenty minutes or so. Um and also I'm um, I also struggle to uh that well, there is certain things that I do like about McCoy, and that is I really like his thinky face. Um he's got <laughs> this kind of way of when there's stuff going on around him, like when they first get there and the red kangs are um he's trying to decipher what's going on. He's yeah. trying to find out why these girls are in a, a gang and why it looks nothing like they expected it to do and what's going on they start telling him about the caretakers and the cleaners and then they go and reference something else and one of the other kangs stops her from saying it it's almost like something's there that they don't want to tell him and he's got this this really cool kind of thinky face where he immediately gets he immediately latches onto that he knows something's wrong but he doesn't he doesn't push it he's so curious he's curious and he knows yeah. he knows that something isn't right but he doesn't push it he just leaves it to let the story unfold you know, so I really like that aspect about him. He's he's very clever as an actor in in kind of his facial expression, picking up on stuff um, and not revealing too much immediately. Um, so I really really like that, and I like I do quite like his uh, his kind of his kind of zany nature at times. It's quite childlike and it's quite cool. But yeah, overall, I just I, I just feel I just feel it's a little bit hard to watch for me. He kind of he's one of these people where I find him. Great in small doses. You know He's
1: a, he does he, he doesn't feel like the doctor to you, basically.
0: He doesn't feel like the mm. doctor like a lot of other actors do, put it that yeah. way. You know.
1: It's interesting actually because we were talking earlier about how, you know, whether the actors are taking it seriously. Um I felt McCoy was taking the episode seriously. I actually thought he was quite good in it. Um he does progress. I mean that's the thing. I think he I think he said this himself that he didn't really know what he was sort of doing in his first series and then you know he sort of kind of really got into the part as it went on and I think he was really hitting his stride by the third series and then it was cancelled I think if we'd have had a fourth series with McCoy um he was really really getting into it and he developed he developed his doctor quite a lot by the end of um end of the third series as, as you'll see yeah. but but I agree I mean this is only a second story I don't know where it came in the production block so I don't know how you know whether it was the second story to be recorded or whatever, but but yeah, I think considering it's such an early episode, um, I actually thought he was quite good in it. He seemed to be taking this taking it seriously, even when others around him, you know, were sort of really sort of um, going OTT. So I, I quite enjoyed him in this story. But but I I do think he progresses. I was wondering if he sort of if you could see a bit of Trouton in him with this sort of clownly clown like character or yeah. not? Yeah, yeah, just not the charm really. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't compare him to Trouton, but I just sort of think he's, he's got qualities to him, and those qualities definitely come out more as the series goes on, um, which I think you'll see. I think when you sort of get to some of the later McCoy ones, he gets a, he gets a lot darker. It always makes me laugh. They, they put him in a dark brown jacket in the third series to represent the fact the doctor's darker, which you always think that was just not necessary. No, we get it. He's gone darker. You know, you don't need to put him in a dark jacket. Um, but uh, but I think he does progress, and I I do like McCoy. There's there's something about him. I I think he works better with Ace. Um, I think the pairing of Seven and Ace are really good.
0: Right. Um, That's a popular opinion, actually, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that I think they work really well. I just I don't know with with Bonnie Langford as Mel. Um, I don't know. They work okay, but they don't seem to gel. They're sort of always getting separated and doing their own thing. And I don't know. There's not much chemistry between the Doctor and Mel. I don't think. I mean, what did you think of Bonnie Langford in it? Because obviously she gets
0: quite a bit of stick. And yeah, I can see why. Mm. She's um, yeah, she's. If I yeah, go on. Well, she just—I
1: guess—say she was just a, sort of the. Uh, stereotypical screamer you know, she just yeah. literally screams all the time. I mean, I, I don't mind Bonnie and she's, I mean I I quite like her on the Big Finish audios because again, they've actually done so with the character but in the TV series, and I think she felt this, she was not really given much else to do apart from running around, get captured and scream, yeah. um, which is sort of going back in time a bit, you know, I think she felt even then, that it was
0: a bit cliche. Yeah, and also feel that um, if I was working on on the show at the time, I probably wouldn't have cast her or somebody like her because I found her to be very much a a children's TV uh, actor. She was very, I don't know, just the way that she, the way that she acts is very, it, you know, you can imagine her on some CBBC program, you know, it's, she didn't really take to, uh, well, in my opinion, she didn't, I couldn't really take her that seriously. She was very, um, don't know i'm not really sure the word i'm looking for not immature and not not childlike but there was something about her that you were just i could just imagine her doing like really well on on kids tv which she did for a while but yeah um she was all right i didn't really have too many complaints you know about her character she was just yeah she was all right (laughs) yeah no i I absolutely know what you mean
1: yeah i think she she suited a certain type of of program and and it was a very sort of light type program, um, yeah. And she's and she's just at that level. And, yeah. and I you know don't really have a I don't really have a problem with the character of Mel. Um, like you know some people really hate it, some people love it. Uh, I just think yeah, she's she's fine. But I I like the pairing of of Seven and Ace. You know I think they they work particularly well together. Whereas. Yeah, Mel sort of didn't really. I mean, all she wanted to do was get to the swimming pool, and this also <laughs> makes you laugh. You know, the whole reason they go there is just to go to a swimming pool. And thinking, you know,
0: yeah. And what was that know. thing in the pool? What, what? Oh yeah. What the bloody hell was that about? It wasn't a. <laughs> um, I can't understand that that thing as a as a plot device in any way. I don't understand its relevance.
1: No, I mean, it, I think it was just. Um, because the architect had sort of put all these deadly, you know, deadly things scattered around the tower block to kill everyone. Um, that was just another one of his little devices. I, I love the design of that thing. I, I think it's really cool. But, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's no reason for it other than to add <laughs> yeah. an extra five minutes of of um, action, if you yeah. like, into the story. That's yeah. the other thing that wasn't particularly clear, though. I mean, what? So was the architect just a bit of an eccentric? Did he just he built things for people to live in? but he didn't want people living in them. He wanted to kill them or what? I didn't quite, even though I've watched this quite a few times, still haven't quite got my head around. What? Yeah. Was, th- was he just an eccentric architect and he just wanted to kill people that lived
0: in his buildings or what? I don't, I didn't quite get it. Yeah. I, that's what, that's what I, um, I gathered as well. He was just a bit of a nut job. Mm. Um, who, who, who built these cool things, but didn't really want anyone else living in them. He just wanted you know, to, just wanted to, uh, to have these like killing machines so he could yeah so just have a bit of fun really i could there wasn't anything there wasn't anything too serious with his motives that i i could gather it was a bit whimsical because it's explained
1: really quickly when they're in the swimming pool scene isn't it and i had to really i had to sort of went back to see if i could t- get my head around it a bit better uh, and i couldn't um, no, me um you know it's, yeah. it's kind of just sort of not brushed over but it's kind of just Explained very quickly in a you know two second scene where they all meet up around the pool at the end, isn't it? It's like he there's something about he also designed Miracle City or something, a cutting edge development, blah blah blah. That's right. Um, but yeah. he actually doesn't like people populating his buildings, and it's like oh, it just it seems quite an odd thing. And I suppose it's not really that important, but it, yeah. yeah,
0: you know, It had a um a bit of a cryptic ending as well because when the TARDIS uh, takes off, it reveals some graffiti, doesn't it, that says Pex lives. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: That's good to know. So he could actually come back in in the new
0: series. Can you imagine series mm. nine? Capaldi and Pex team up.
1: <laughs> no, I can't imagine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't even want to imagine that. No. Bloody no. hell. Yeah. Right. Who
1: did that graffiti as well? I mean, who got in between the sides? Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So what are you? What are you gonna? What are you gonna rate this one?
0: Rate this one. Um, I'm gonna go with a five.
1: A five. Yep. Fair enough. I think it's a I think it's a fair rating. Um, I'm going to go slightly higher with a six. I I wrote six out of ten. So I I think I slightly enjoy it more because it it takes you back to my childhood a bit. You know. Yeah. So yeah. But I I can't sort of really go any higher than that. But yeah, six out of ten.
0: Yeah. So for nostalgic reasons, really, you're a, you're putting an extra point on there.
1: I I still enjoy it. I mean, I still enjoy watching it. As I say, if I'm not sort of watching it with my critical eye on if I just sort of put it on I can just let it go and it, you know I quite enjoy it but but you know there is a lot of fault with it and I can't deny it you know yeah. so yeah six out of ten for me
0: six for you five for me
1: yeah what cool. did our what did our lovely listeners think
0: yes um thank you very much for jumping on Facebook yeah again we've got some really good fans you know really good listeners we have we put the word out we're going to review uh, a certain episode and You know, without without fail and disappointment, you'll jump on there and and tell us your views. So uh, Mm. as usual, big thanks uh, for that. So um, uh, my good friend, Mr. Nick Gill, he jumped on and said, one of my favorites from the McCoy era, a little camping places, but some seriously dark undertones, which I like.
1: One of his favorites. I mean, I mm, because I like the McCoy era, I wouldn't. Although I like this story, I wouldn't rate it as one of my
0: favorites, but yeah, I'm, that's good. Yeah, I think he liked the uh, the kind of sinister undertones, especially with the old biddies who are, who are basically eating people. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I love that yeah. little bit where they cover up the rat or you know, <laughs> whatever it is. That was lovely. Yeah. I, I like those as well, children tabby. Um, um, I had Robert Lifko on, on Facebook. He said, it's not very good, but it's also not as bad as people say it is. The ideas are pretty interesting. It's the execution that lets it down. I do agree that it is. I think it is the execution that lets it down. Yeah,
0: Yeah. cool. Uh, Harry Westergaard. Oh, hello, Harry. Uh, he says, better than time and the run, he by a long shot. What? No. <laughs> but it still could be better. I love the design of the cleaners. McCoy is great as usual. I also like the music. The satire is good, but could have been better. I think it had I think had it been on season twenty-five and a bit more serious, it could be a classic. As it stands, it is a fun one.
1: Yeah, I think I he's got a good point there. Um because Andrew Cartmel, script editor, took a, well, started to get some big input in um after this story, and you can see his influence on it. And I think Harry's right. If this has been in the next series, um yeah. and they had taken it a bit more seriously and made it a bit darker. I think it could have been because it has got a good dark undertone to it. So, yeah, good, good point, Harry. Yeah. Uh, Graham Pearson Hall, hope I was saying that right, Graham. Uh, he says, this story is one of my favourite McCoy stories. Big smiley face. So another one that rates it as their favourite. That's interesting.
0: Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Kai. Hi, Kai. Hello, Kai. Uh, an all right story. Inventive idea, but the production values didn't help to realise it to, to its full potential reasonable supporting cast but the villain was a bit underwhelming six out of ten
1: yeah oh, so he's rated the same as me then yeah, yeah six out of ten yeah okay uh jace House, he says it has moments of brilliance and a good concept but lacks something i would say it's my least favorite of that series
0: mm. Mm. okay and um jonas sorensen says i saw it for the first time yesterday Uh, with mixed feelings. Uh, I actually liked the idea of the story, but there were parts I really didn't like. The cleaner robots were all uh, not at all scary, and this half-made-up language of the Kangs should have been um, more childish. And then there's the part when the architect architect takes over from the chief caretaker. That just annoyed me um, that he was just painted silver. Uh, Other than that, (laughs) it was actually a fun idea. I will give it 6.5 out of 10.
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's very good points, actually. Yeah,
0: I forgot about that. After he got possessed, he was just literally painted silver, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the ultimate way to spot if someone's been
1: possessed. You know, so if you're out today in Sainsbury's or wherever and you see someone who's painted
0: silver, there's a very good chance they're
1: possessed <laughs> by Caragnon.
0: Yeah, and just uh, hand them some, some dynamite that you'd obviously have in your bag, push <laughs> yes. them through a door.
1: <laughs> that music. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think some really good points from our from our listeners there. I agree with a lot of that. It's yeah. funny, I was tempted to go six point five. I, I nearly put that extra half on it. Um because I was thinking that then brings that up with last week's rating of, of the beast below. But I kind of can't really give it <laughs> that extra bit as much as I'd like to.
0: Yeah, cool. So yeah. So thank you all very much. That's great.
1: Yes, thanks. What are we doing next week, dude? Next week, oh, you've caught me unawares because you know I changed the schedule yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've noticed.
0: You've changed the schedule.
1: I changed. Yeah, I meant to tell you. Sorry. This is my uh, li-
0: this is my life, listeners.
1: <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot to tell you that I've completely changed the schedule. But there was good reasons for changing it. I just slightly mixed up. I think we're doing the Doctor's Daughter.
0: The Doctor's Daughter. Yes,
1: we're doing the Doctor's Daughter.
0: Hey, you okay uh, with that? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm cool with that one. I guess. Yeah. This yeah. could change people. Adam could just have a look and think nah.
1: I won't do it, I won't do it I won't make a habit of this, it's just I was sat looking at the schedule yesterday, we had a few requests in, thank you to those that, that have sent in requests um, and I, I, for reasons that are too long to bore you with on the podcast I had to change a couple of things around and so next week's is yeah, The Doctor's Daughter, which is one I don't know how many times you've seen it, now, I've only ever watched it
0: once. I've seen it twice I think Have you? Okay, yep.
1: alright So yeah, you are happy with that one?
0: I'm happy with that one All right, let's do that one. So, uh, yeah, listeners, next week, um, the doctor's daughter. Give us your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I think that's going to wrap it. Okay. So that has been episode 26. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I'm not sure if uh, I'm officially a red Kang now or a blue or maybe I feel like one of the yellows has just been wiped out.
1: Yeah, same here. Yeah. I was going to
0: say I'm, I'm yellow. You're yellow. <laughs> We're both yellows. We've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pex. You're, oh, God. Uh, no, actually,
1: I'm Tilda and you're Tabby.
0: Oh, man. I'm actually quite hungry, you know. <laughs> what, I have to go and find some thing, some body to eat a rat
1: keep away from that waste disposal though because that's deadly
0: oh yeah
1: and how the how did she fit through it anyway uh, enough of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: enough of this we've already done it <laughs> so yeah thank you very much for joining us and uh, we'd really love to hear your thoughts on the um you know, the episode for review next week the doctor's daughter um just jump onto facebook or twitter you can find links to those on the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk give us a like or a follow because we do some uh, some chatter on there as well we put stuff on there it's uh, good to talk all things who and anything else related to who really uh and all that <laughs> it's stuff good. it's good to talk <laughs> it's good to talk um also just another little teaser we've got another prize added to the big giveaway which we'll reveal more details on probably in the next few weeks i guess Ooh. so that's uh so that's that's going to be ace no pun intended yeah uh, be sure to check out Adam's uh, channel on YouTube, The Geek's Handbag. Just do a yeah. search for it. Very, very cool. There you go. And uh, yeah, that's going to wrap. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. Bill Hive for happiness. <laughs> we will see you next time. And remember, allons